What's up, guys? Welcome to Cooler Conversations, the podcast culmination of cool stories and the coolest people. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're not so new, welcome back. And if I'm welcoming you back, then be sure to leave a review or hit us up on the social media pages and let me know what you like about the show. Before we jump into this episode, I'd like to take a moment to thank and talk about both of today's local sponsors. I'd like to introduce our first sponsor, Dr. Andy from Cardinal Chiropractic and Sports Recovery. Dr. Andy specializes in helping runners, CrossFitters, and anyone else who loves a fitness lifestyle feel better, move better, and have more energy. He's actually helped a few of my close friends with some of their aches and pains as well, and listeners of this podcast can get 15% off a dry needling package if they mention this podcast by name. So if you want to feel your best, check them out on Instagram at Cardinal Cairo Sports, on Facebook, or their website at www.cardinalchirosports.com. Again, that is a 15% off a dry needling package when you mention this podcast by name. Our second sponsor of the day is Alamance Coffee Works. AKW is all about connecting through coffee, offering coffees from all the major producing regions to making local connections. AKW wants to enjoy coffee with other people. Speaking of those local connections, Alamance Cafe Works has collaborated with local nonprofits to raise funds for the I Will Survive 5K, benefiting cancer survivors and the Alamance Regional Medical Center Charitable Foundation. On a day-to-day basis, their local shop, the Converge Coffee Bar, have meeting rooms that are free to reserve for meetings and work, along with their signature brew, offering gluten-free items, toasts, smoothies, and teas. What makes AKW and Converge unique is that they do three things well. They roast their own coffee, value creativity in creating amazing seasonal offerings while staying true to the coffee and building relationships with people and local businesses. And as an added bonus, listeners of this podcast will receive 25% off their purchase at checkout when they use promo code COOLER, that is C-O-O-L-E-R, on their website, akwcoffee.com. Again, that is 25% off your purchase when you use promo code COOLER, at checkout at akwcoffee.com. So thank you again to both of our sponsors. Links to both of them will be in the description. And without further ado, let's jump into it. Welcome to Cooler Conversations. I'm your host, Tyler Smiley. Today's guest is the owner of the Saucy Southerner, serving up real good, feel-good food based in Southport, North Carolina. Um, He recently opened this business back in 2020, which was a hell of a year, and I just had to hear the story behind how the hell that went. This is Matt Thorne. What's up, Matt? How are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. First, uh, we already said it before the show, but uh, I'm really jealous of where you are (laughs) in the state. Yes, so I uh, I moved to Oak Island, North Carolina, which is just a jump over the bridge to Southport in 2017 yeah. uh, from Greensboro. Uh, live just I got lucky enough just to live a few blocks from the beach. Just got here at the right time, and that can, it's just a easy, quick walk down there to watch a sunset or a sunrise or whatever else you want to do on a given day down here. Yeah. What's the weather right now? It's a nice, uh, cool 74 degrees. You know how it is this time of year. I'm sure it's nice and what, like 
50 something up there where you are yeah we got like that weird bit where it's like kind of uh kind of cool but then you have that like onset of humidity that's just rubbing your back it's so disgusting (laughs) i know what you mean there luckily we get the nice cool breeze that comes off the water this time of year so the humidity doesn't really kick in normally until about june or july and then then you just you know want to walk around with nothing on oh yeah yeah. (laughs) but so uh when i was doing the prep for this uh the podcast first of all like i said you're the owner of the saucy saucy southerner which is kind of a tongue tie but uh, (laughs) only for me i was looking at the food and dude um i'm in love with uh the fruity crepes the biscuits and gravy at least when i was looking at the pictures and then the patty melt um do they taste as good as they look uh well i'd like to think they do because we uh, had a very big uh, following for a restaurant that's only been open just over a year. Wow. Um, there's a couple of funny stories with some of those, but we'll get to those as the longer the conversation goes, yeah. I can tell you for sure. What's your favorite so the, What's your favorite thing on the menu? Um, if I was going to say, if you're looking at breakfast, my favorite thing would have to be the blintzes. It uh, takes our famous crepes and it's mixed with a blintz cream, which is a cheese uh, and sour cream mix. It's all soft white cheeses, cream cheese, sour cream, and cottage cheese all mixed together with some sweeteners and stuff like that. And then you basically wrap it in our sweet grape and then top it with uh, your choice. My favorite is strawberry jelly and fresh strawberries on top of it. But mm-hmm. a lot of people like to get it with Nutella and banana or do it with some of our hot fruit compote. But that's my favorite one. It's like a childhood thing that i used to have growing up at my parents restaurant and i've always loved them so much so basically i opened a restaurant just to eat the foods i love as a kid (laughs) that's (laughs) kind of a a life cheat code almost yeah basically but so the blintz is my favorite breakfast item if i'm looking at lunch we have this one burger it's called the saucy goat and basically it's a fresh cooked order burger it's got nice creamy goat cheese on top a hot Dutch kettle pepper jelly on it and a fried green tomato on top of a, between a brioche bun and it just melts in your mouth and it has a pops with flavor. Nice between the nice spiciness from the jelly to the sweetness that comes with the goat cheese mixed with the jelly. And then that fried green tomato all on top of it. You can't beat it. It's probably one of our top sellers and, it just it's one of those great burgers that you just eat and you just love it from start to finish. It so. freaking sounds delicious. But the uh so I guess a little bit about the restaurant. Um I know I moved here in twenty seventeen to actually work for a company, a different company. I left working for the Y for fifteen years to come down here. Um I had never expected really to uh live at the beach. It was one of those random facebook post where a friend posts something and then you comment on it and the next thing you know you're getting a job interview yeah you ever been there before no i kind of wish my life was that serendipitous (laughs) (laughs) i commented on something and the next thing you know i had a job interview down here i came and worked for a company that was actually on Baldhead island which i had to take a boat or a ferry to every day to work which you complain about a commute in raleigh or any of those other big cities and then you take a boat on a ferry or anything over every day to work. And it's just, you know, you just laugh at all those people that are stuck in four hours worth of traffic daily. Um, but I did that. And then Hurricane Florence came. 
uh, had to change jobs, um, kind of bounced around for a year. And I said, I've been wanting to open up a restaurant. And in the short, it it's amazing that um, everything fell into place. It was uh, fall afternoon on a, and I got a phone call for something I had mentioned on uh, to somebody almost a year before. And next thing you know, I had an opportunity to move into a building and that was in October. And we opened up on January 13th of 2020. Um, and then obviously COVID hit and we closed our doors on March 17th of 2020. Wow. Um, so the, uh, was never expecting obviously anything like that in the first year of opening a restaurant. When I say we closed our door, we ever, we never actually stopped serving food. Um, we were one of three restaurants that stayed open completely as best we could. We were serving to go only. Uh, I went down from a staff of 11 to a staff of three, me and two others, Mm -hmm. um, when everything happened. Um, but I guess one funny aspect of all this is I uh, had my dad, I went home for Christmas before the restaurant opened Yeah, and I'm having a conversation. My dad owned an IHOP in Greensboro growing up. He had a couple other restaurants throughout his life and we were having just that father, son, casual drink that you have one evening and he's telling me things to prepare for. And he goes, son, you know, you need to be prepared for anything to happen in your first year opening. You know, you're probably not going to have any of the same staff. The first couple months, you're probably going to just be dead every day you go home. And, you know, nothing's going to go right. Just expect for worse. It's always going to, you know, there's so many things that can happen, as he's telling me in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sitting there. I know that I can expect anything possible. And I'm always a big planner. And I was prepared for anything. But the first two months... Basically, from when we opened January 13th to when we had to close on March 17th, everything ran like as smooth as you could ever imagine. I had no problems with staff. Like We were busy. Everything was running perfectly. And then COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and obviously, we all know the shit show that was 2020. It wasn't just COVID. And all those things affected us down here, just like they affected everybody else. And I remember telling my dad that you didn't mention murder hornets or, (laughs) you know, crazy election stuff or riots or just uh, we had a hurricane for the first time on August 1st, like right after July. Mm -hmm. And the chance of a hurricane hitting one hitting Oak Island in Southport that early is it hasn't happened in years, let alone have it happen the first year opening and happen during COVID and everything else that was going on. Yeah. And it was a pretty bad hurricane for us. I mean, the not, it didn't really do much elsewhere, but uh, it destroyed lots of the waterfront on Southport. And I think there was over, over a thousand homes damaged on the waterfront in Oak Island and I don't even know what else happened on the other part of the world, but um, yeah, it was when you say it was a year of unexpected stuff after um, March, um, it was definitely a crazy year. I bet. So, so like, does that, does that like strengthen your resolve then? Cause like, 
most people end up with that major life throwing the kitchen sink at them, like maybe three to five years into their venture where they're just like starting to, you know, get momentum, but like life threw it at you at the very beginning. So does this like strengthen your resolve later on? You're like, well, I survived that bullshit. Yeah. I feel like what, so when I go back to think I was, I was in a whole different point of life that I was then. Uh, there were a lot of things different. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people got me through that. A lot of friends of mine, conversations with close friends that I have here, um, friends of mine from Greensboro, um, family. Uh, there were times where I was obviously, like we all felt, alone because outside of another good friend of mine who has a restaurant down here, Mike, there was, I wasn't seeing many other people unless I worked with them. Yeah. Or saw him at the restaurant. And um, it was a very difficult point because I had to find, uh, as you know me from the past, I've always been a very sociable person. Mm-hmm. And one, I'd had big plans to just be, have a summer of, you know, open up a restaurant. I was, for the first time in my life, I felt like I was at a point um, before COVID that I would be able to enjoy things for myself because I'd worked for other restaurants. I'd worked for the Y for 15 years. I'd done so much. And then that happened. And none of that was possible for the first time. Uh, I, it was rough and it did. Yes. The resolve side of it, it made us as a business. Um, I learned how to work with less. Uh, I learned how to get through things. We, we, I would say this and it, Sounds crazy, but COVID made us a better restaurant. Um, we were so. able to, we found out, you know, we were able to explore things more. People were more forgiving when uh, the fact that we were working with just three of us, mm-hmm. uh, basically working with a guy who was a, a lifetime cook and a, our, a guy that was our IT guy. And for the most part, like he had never worked in the kitchen before and he'd worked out front. Uh, he was a, a work in the front of the house as a, a server and as a you know, helping with customers, but he had to learn how to cook. And you know, we, we went through something you would never expect. Yeah. And it made all of us kind of come together more as we started bringing staff back. Uh, the ones that came back, they had a different viewpoint on what was going on because of what they had been through. And we all kind of came together like you'd never expect. And, uh, I may have started, we ended the year and I had four staff that started the year with me mm-hmm. and some of them obviously left a little bit during COVID, but when they came back, you know, a restaurant first year opening, these guys have gone through so much and I wouldn't be where we are today without them, but they've also grown a lot. They helped the customers were so loyal for a restaurant that had only been open two months before COVID hit. Without Southport and Oak Island, the people that would come in from the surrounding area, um, we wouldn't have made it because those people kept our doors open by supporting us. But they were also very forgiving when we were so busy running with two people, they would understand that, hey, they make mistakes because of what they're not expecting to be this busy and it's Mm -hmm. COVID. And the biggest challenge that we faced 
wasn't anything I just mentioned. It was actually food shortages. Oh, wow. Um, I, there was time, there was actually a three week period where I was driving to Myrtle beach or to Wilmington or even farther to find hamburger meat. So we could have burgers at the restaurant. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, (laughs) there were times we were running out of different products because the food providers couldn't get it for us because the the supply plants had basically shut down. Yeah, I completely and, forgot about that part of 2020 where we were yeah. missing food. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I never thought I'd be at a day where I was um, having to drive to find hamburger meat because I couldn't find it anywhere around here locally. That is so crazy. Uh, and to give you one crazy thought to think about, hamburger meat used to cost $1.18 a pound for the restaurant. Yeah. At one point during COVID, we were paying 6 20 a pound holy cow yeah and i mean obviously (laughs) yeah for real the prices still dropped a lot uh but nothing like it was before covid but it's amazing when you go back and think of uh the things that um you would never expected to take for granted as a restaurant finding having to find hamburger meat as a burger place was not one of them yeah um and, you know, when people were looking for toilet paper, I was lucky enough that I had bought two 48 packs from Costco because I have an Airbnb at my house before COVID, not realizing COVID was happening. Yeah. And then, and luckily I had, you know, two 48 packs is a lot of toilet paper for one guy to have. You, uh, so I wasn't looking for toilet paper. I was looking for hamburger meat. You hit that lottery, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought about selling, and I was like, I could sell this toilet paper. I'd be rich. Who needs to have a restaurant? So, you guys, guys here down the road at Saucy Southerner selling uh, <laughs> selling yeah. toilet paper. Come here. Every order, you get a free roll of toilet paper with your stuff. So, so There were actually restaurants doing that, by the way, giving toilet paper away, Oh wow, which was hilarious. Yeah. So, like, kind of backing up, um, so I, you had pointed out we've known each other for a little bit, and I knew you as a swim coach when, over at the Y when we both were there. And I knew that you were working in a restaurant, but not to the degree. So what what kind of led to the point, like, was owning a business always on, like, your life trajectory, like, in the back of your mind at some point? Or were you just kind of, like, going through the ebb and flow? So I coached um, USA Swimming for 15 years with the YMCA. Mm-hmm. But my parents owned an IHOP my entire life. Uh, basically they sold, uh, they had it for 36 years and they sold the IHOP, uh, about halfway through my coaching career. Um, and it was a big deal because my parents were, you know, asked me if I was interested in taking over. And at the time I thought I would coach the rest of my life because I loved it. It was one of the best things I've ever done. And, um, as you know, the joy you get from coaching is like none other, mm-hmm. um, you're working with a lot of people and you're seeing them reach goals and you're being a part of that. And you, the trips and the locations you go to are amazing. Um, but I never thought I'd be in back in restaurant business. I actually was working full time for the Y thinking my, the two years before I had left to move to this business in Oak Island uh, or South Baldhead, I was, so happy because of the full-time position i was like i'll never have to work in a restaurant again Mm -hmm. 
And, and that was because I'd done it my entire life. And I never would get away from my love of food because um, food is amazing and it's different and you can do so many things with food to uh, in life. But I never thought I'd get away from that, but I never thought I'd have to work in the restaurant business again. And I've found my way back to it. And it was something I said I do well at. I love the customer service side of it. Uh, I love being around people. And I forgot how much, I guess, I, I, by opening a restaurant, I saw an opportunity to make a better life for myself doing something I enjoyed doing and could also still give that joy that I got from like coaching, but in a different way. Yeah. Is that so? Yeah, that makes sense. It's, um, it's almost like they've, they've melded cause you're, uh, you're still dealing with the general populace. Um, you're still, you know, you have employees and I'm, I'm assuming if you have like young ones, you could still, you know, uh, mentor them and whatever their, uh, endeavors are. And you're kind of going back into your roots here, you know, with, uh, you know, the food is amazing. So it, it does, it makes sense that you're kind of on that, on this path. Then it does, uh, when you say that one, when you think about, uh, I do get to guess coach my staff and use lessons I learned from coaching to develop the staff that I have. And uh, my employees love to pick on me when I talk about uh, when I used to coach and they're like, Oh, you used to coach. Like they'll pick on me. Cause I always talk about <laughs> it, <laughs> but and I'm sure if the, when they listen to this podcast, they're going to die laughing when I say that. So. You got to get a shirt that uh, just says coach on the back of it. Yeah. Oh, now they're going to give me a shirt that says coach on it. So you know that. <laughs> but what I find, um, what I find interesting um, is a lot of people when this is when I first saw it, as I see a lot of people talking about their entrepreneurial journey, you know, wanting to start something, wanted to do something. And I mostly see that out of the 20 year olds, the, the millennials or the early millennials or whatever. And I find it interesting to see someone who, is beyond that age. I'm not calling you old or anything, but I'm saying beyond that age where it's not like a lot of people, like I guess my age interpret like where you're at or an older age is like the, the, the end, but you're at the beginning. So like, do you have any like messages for those people? Like, has it dawned on you in that frame of reference? Well, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, when you talk about, I guess, age of opening a business or starting your own thing, I think you can do it at pretty much any age. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm only 38, but I would look at it and say that I think it all comes with opportunity and time. And yes, you could start something when you're younger and do certain things. And it's different in today's world because you can create something way easier than you used to be able to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the opportunities that come up from online uh, businesses to uh, being able to set up just and simple stores. I, there are people down here that have their own uh, retail stuff that they basically just set up and they can do it out of their home because you can ship and ship everything so easily you can build something. And I guess, the difference is, I guess, is the style of business because a brick and mortar business like I have is not as easy to come about at any point unless you have obviously a, an opportunity or just happen to be in the right place at the right time or financially in the right place at the right time. I just got lucky. I um, would mind. I 
sold my house in Greensboro and decided that all that money was going to go into starting something for myself. Yeah. Um, but if you want to ask, I guess, from an advice standpoint, what I tell people is that if you want something, everything is possible. Um, no matter what life you're in, it all comes down to two major things, in my opinion. And the first one is, is the people you surround yourself with. Because if you surround yourself with the right people, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. But I would never have thought that I'd have a restaurant when I moved here or that I have my own business. I knew I always wanted one, but the friend that I moved down here and she kept motivating me to look at things differently. Um, some of the friends I made when I moved down here, some of them had their own businesses, but some of them just kept encouraging me and supporting me. And then when I had my business or when I, the opportunity happened, they were there standing up saying, we'll help you paint. We'll help you build stuff. We'll help you uh, find the right things you need. You know, just, to, I guess it's connecting. Yeah. And the more you connect yourself with the right people and surround yourself, because if you surround yourself with people and their goals are minimal and they're only wanting to be content with doing the same job they've done their entire life or, or they're content with um, living paycheck to paycheck and not willing to try to do that extra thing, then that's what's going to happen. But if yeah. you surround yourself with people that want more, it's going to happen. Uh, and that's the thing. I feel like so many people in today's life uh, forget that um, they can be better because they're not with the people that make them feel they can be better. Yeah, They're more with people holding them down. So, And then I guess the other big thing that I say for starting a business is it's okay to be afraid. It's okay to make mistakes. And I think people forget that it's better to have failed nine times and succeeded once than to never have tried to do it at all. And it doesn't mean you have to go spend a bunch of money to be successful. It just means you've done little things and those little things can lead to a bigger opportunity. Yeah. And you may fail trying to put things together. It may not work out as you planned. You may have to reinvent your goal. You may have to reinvent it, but don't be afraid to try something and don't be, don't give up the first time it doesn't work out. So. Yeah. And I, I guess that's what I was trying to hit on too. You had, you hit it perfectly with the reinvention is you for the longest time. And I knew you at that point where I knew you as the coach and that was, you know, you even said that that was for 15 years you thought that was going to be, and then you reinvented yourself on a, a chance to, you know, bet basically bet on yourself. And that's what mm-hmm. I, I find so interesting is nowadays it almost feels like, especially with COVID and, the apocalypse that we essentially went to in 2020 that uh, people are afraid to reinvent or do something. And then if it fails, just reinvent from there. Yeah. And that's very true. And the other thing is too, is um, so many people expect other people to do things for them. And there's a lot of people out there that expect to be given something there's no being given anything anymore. You you still need to earn it no matter how you do it. Yeah. And you need to put in the work because what you put in 
will come out of it. And the relationships you make with people and the people you build relationships lead to better relationships. And they, they're what make you successful. Those are the people that help you when you're down. Those are the people that help you find new choices. Those are the people that help you build stuff. And, um, but on top of that, the other side of it that's big that people forget is that it does take hard work. It's not as easy as a multiple choice question and picking C every time you have to go through and do it right and figure out what works and make it work. And if it doesn't work, you move on to the next thing and you find out what does. Yeah. So you got to find that test that only has the answer C on it. Yeah. I don't know which one that one is. That's like the driver's ed test, right? You know, back in the day. Well, uh, you could argue that some people shouldn't be on the road. So they definitely have that, <laughs> that C test. Yeah, that's true. So, so kind of going uh, into a lighter note, um, talking about just talking about the restaurant. Um, what is your day to day look like? Cause I, when I go to the beach and I see that the restaurant is open for breakfast and lunch, I, I will be honest. There was, there's points in my brain where I go, that must be really nice. But then rationally I go, that's probably the most chaotic amount of time. And then you just barely get a break afterwards. Well, it depends. So obviously, uh, the longer the sun's out, the better life is. Yeah. Um, life is not wild and crazy at the beach all the time. Most beach places are, unless you're in Miami or, you know, those in Florida. But, like, here, we're busy all summer. But in the off-season, things are relatively slow. Uh, not just from a – I don't mean that from a business standpoint. It's just a lot of businesses go to less hours. Uh, there isn't always something crazy going on. Uh, live music and stuff you'd find in a bigger city. You have to make an effort to do stuff down here when the off season is going on. But if you look at a general day to day uh, for me, I'm up most days around five 30 in the morning. Um, Sometimes six, occasionally six 30. If it's really, really exhausted, but I'm normally trying to be at work every day between six 45 and seven o'clock. Uh, and there are days that I don't always go in. I'm lucky enough to have a very good staff that there are days where I can come in later and days I can take off, uh, in the off season in the summer, I don't expect as much to do that, but a general day I go in around seven o'clock, um, lots, we open at eight and we close at two, but we're not only out there till about three, uh, because of cleanup and stuff like that. Um, when I get off, it could be, I could be coming straight home some days at three o'clock and there are plenty of days though that there's grocery shopping or going to the bank or figuring out stuff for other things I'm working on. And I may not be home till five or six, but there are plenty of days, which I'm sure you've been envious of going to the beach, taking the dog, taking the fishing rod, sitting in a chair, popping a beer and turning on whatever I want to listen to and watching the sunset and the waves crash. And those are the good days. Well, damn, I was painting it as some, <laughs> some grinding nose to that. And you got this, this sounds pretty awesome. <laughs> it's uh, it all depends. I will tell you, there are plenty of days I come home and go straight to bed. Yeah. Not really straight to bed, but come home and do something simple. And it's, it varies in the summer. We can be so busy and we haven't had a real summer yet. I was telling my staff today to remember one big thing is that we have no idea what to expect because we were closing our doors at this time last year. Yeah. 
And um, last year, this week was our last normal week of business. We were watching the ACC tournament. And I, cause I decorate the entire restaurant for the tournament cause I'm a huge basketball fan. Mm-hmm. Um, college basketball is life. They throw this, my birthday's next week. So they always throw the tournament for the, my birthday. It's always great. You know, so, it's good <laughs> but, that the country does that for you. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, oh, it's his birthday. Let's throw a party for this week. No, um, but we always were get we were getting ready for it. And then obviously, uh, March 17th was when 16th, right around there was when everything started closing. They made all the rules. I remember sitting that day in the restaurant. It was raining, and I prob- I'm pretty sure I cried that day, like a lot, yeah. <laughs> because I, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I, I it was I was basically letting go of my entire staff for the most part and locking my doors, not knowing what was about to happen yeah. in any form. Um, but as things got better and things progressed. And we'll see what this summer brings, but I do anticipate having those days you mentioned, the days where everything hurts and I just want to come home and have dinner and hang out with the people I care about and call it a night. But I also know there will be times where I will be able to go watch the sunset at American Fish or another local beach bar. Um, I'll be able to go sit at the beach with friends after and play games on the beach and just have a almost like a mini vacation after work every day but it won't always be rainbows and butterflies i guess you could say so well it sounds pretty good at the <laughs> you're, al- you're always welcome to come down and you can taste the food i'll just make you fat for like three days and we can enjoy the beach in the afternoon you let me know i am totally so. down i do have to know though what is uh where did the name Saucy Southerner come from? Are you just, are you consider yourself a saucy individual? <laughs> I would not say that, no. <laughs> um, so one of my, one of the big life changes I made when I moved down here was, um, and it basically is my uh, search to, I guess, become better with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually joined a small group with my church down here. And that's been a big group of friends of mine that have really helped me uh, through a lot of this and helped me find a lot of things. And um, with that group of people, when I found out I was going to the restaurant, I sent a group message to everybody. I said, look, I was like, the name I originally had for what I wanted to do is not going to work because this building is going to be different and it's going to change what I thought about doing. Because we thought they'd always push me to open something because I fed them food and tried stuff, but it never happened. Yeah. Um, so I sent a group text matches out and got a bunch of different names. And uh, one of my friends, uh, Allison, in the group, she sent a message. What about this? And I said, we're going to put the in front of it and that's going to be it. (laughs) 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 And we have the saucy Southerner and it was perfect because, um, uh, it's kind of where when I, when I heard that name, I was like, that's perfect. And the real good feel good food actually came from one of my own old swim parents. He helped me do the logos and he said, how about this? Why don't we put real good feel good food underneath it? And I was like, that's perfect. You know, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Like the group of people that I always uh, counted on from swim family to 
my small group were the ones that kind of helped me create the name and create what we have now with the logo. Yeah. So well, that speaks but, uh, perfectly to uh, kind of that community aspect that you were talking about earlier. Want to know one funny part about the swimming stuff? That's really cool. I would love to. So in my, f- obviously when I opened a restaurant here, uh, I, ha- I did coach briefly when I first moved down here just to kind of, I got bored and needed it. But, um, when I was in a lot of my swim family from the Adams farm swim team in Greensboro to the GCY swim team, those people during COVID because they couldn't do anything. There's times where they drove down here for lunch and drove back. Oh, wow. Multiple, like multiple families did that. And I thought it was the most amazing thing to have my swim family travel from Greensboro, which is a three and a half hour drive to come down here to eat, have lunch and then go back to Greensboro and because they want to support the opening of the restaurant, but also just to be supporting um, getting out of the house because of COVID and doing something different. Yeah. But that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, but, shout out to Greensboro, man. There's, there's some yeah. solid people over here. <laughs> couple, yeah. I mean, you know, that's, um, well, you know how boring COVID was. I mean, I'm sure you're just like me. I've seen, listen to some of your podcasts and we both, and binge watch more shows than we should have in the middle of COVID. I can't tell you. I never thought I would have watched all of some things I watched during COVID because there was nothing else to do. I mean, Mandalorian was definitely one of them. And and I, I liked Star Wars, but I just can't imagine. I watched all of the Star Trek, every single episode, season you could imagine. I never think I would have done that, but I, uh, what else was... <laughs> I consider those the dark times because because uh, <laughs> the amount yeah. of uh, the amount of time that I have wasted in front of the boob yeah. tube it is insane. Netflix and Hulu, all those uh, literally. I, I mean, if they if they pay if they get paid by the amount of binge watching for old sci-fi shows, I probably made some money rich this past winter or summer. So, <laughs> but. <laughs> I yeah. do. I do want to talk about this one last thing. Um, I noticed that you, because because you're obviously you're we we're talking about Greensboro, but you being down there and you're like you know the saucy southerner. I find it interesting that you one you have a local artist or a local featured artist that you mm-hmm. have the art for, and then you do a lot of local products. So how important is it to institute North Carolina? Not, I don't want to say vibes, but North Carolina. Uh, presence into the restaurant because I know it's uh, I mean you just look at the name and it just it just speaks volumes to me yeah so one thing I wanted to do as opening my restaurant was to support not only the local community but things that have always been a big part of my life so we use Nisa's sausage products and that's out of Greensboro we use um, the Guilford Mill stone ground grits in our restaurant for our rich creamy grits. We use Dutch kettle uh, jelly and other products for things within our restaurant. And Dutch kettle is right out is up that way too, kind of right outside of Charlotte in between Winston and Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's, those are things I grew up having and they're things uh, Nisa's sausage. We've all done stuff with that. Well, and it's one of the best ones around, but on top of that, we use, um, Locally, I have the artist, which actually is a guy that lives right across the street from me. And his stuff is all in my house or all in our restaurant because 
one, he's local, but two, it's, it really brings a local vibe because everything he paints is local. Mm-hmm. And so it has that kind of, instead of having a picture in there, it's real, it's tangible. Um, the other side of it, we, I use multiple local vendors from our produce to, uh, a lot of our other stuff because supporting local means that doesn't only help just me, but it helps our community. It helps the person that lives next to me. It helps the person that lives down the street. And when you look at a lot of these other local places that support each other, it kind of all helps us be better and grow and, and have money in our pocket where if you're buying from a chain place or from a chain restaurant, they don't get any of their stuff local. It all comes from normally from overseas or from their own uh, farms. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so they're not helping Greensboro. They're not helping Oak Island. They're not helping North Carolina 90% of the time. They're helping their own pockets because they own all that other stuff where me supporting these local businesses not only brings me, I believe, a better quality product, but also helps my community, um, my friends, um, businesses I want to support and be have be a part of, and that's important. And I don't think people realize absolutely how much that helps. Absolutely. So, so that means rest. If everyone that's listening to this, we need to just look at the Cracker Barrel and just say "f you." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and you know, you, the best part about locally owned businesses is that. When especially with restaurants, is you do get that different flavor that comes with the food. Absolutely, it's not. It's that guy, that person that's in there. Like people come in and say they've never had food that tastes like ours, and I tell them that's because we cook ninety percent of our stuff in house. We prep everything daily for the most part. We um, there are things that we cook. It takes an hour to an hour and a half to make our grits. Wow. It's not instant grits that you get out of the Quaker oats thing. Uh, I mean, a lot of the stuff we make um, is fresh and has a different vibe, has a different feel. And it's not generic. It's not what you get every day. And you go to that place down the street that you're going to expect something different. And you can go to get McDonald's anywhere. Why not go to the local place and support them? Absolutely. And have something that, you know, excites your taste buds a little bit. I am totally but, game, man. But the, uh, I will say though, um, as you get, I guess, more into owning a business and supporting local businesses, you do realize it is amazing the difference that the big chains price wise for things it's amazing to see what they can do. And it's kind of scary when you look at that, because you wonder how many they're going to push out for us small guys, because they can get so much things. And it may mean you have to spend a little more to go eat at the saucy Southerner or the other non chain business down the street. But think about the fact that you are helping a locally owned business be more successful by spending maybe 50 cents more or a dollar more but you are getting a better quality and more heartfelt into it than just a chain worth of food that is just being smashed out. Well, yeah, you're paying for the love. Yep. 
<laughs> so, which was a lot of love this year with COVID because we really wanted everybody's business. <laughs> <laughs> we actually won best new restaurant. I was uh, going to say great- that. Yeah. What a, how, how, how awesome is that? It's like in the first year you got a, a huge award. Yep. We were excited to win that award, uh, especially with the number of new restaurants open and, um, and that, and it's just, it's, it's nice to be recognized, but it's also just for me, it was nice for my staff, for them to be recognized for everything they've done. Absolutely. And without them, I would not have been successful this first year. And that's the biggest part of it. So absolutely. Well, Matt, this is uh this has been an awesome conversation. I'm, I'm super stoked to try the food. Um, I'm going to be going to the beach hopefully this year. So I'm definitely going to try and stop by. And like I said, I am, my, my eyes are all on the, uh, the crepes and the biscuit and gravy and the, that patty melt. Mm-hmm. But, well, yeah. look forward to the patty melt. Wouldn't have made it on the menu if it wasn't for my dad. He, uh, he talked me into it when I was home. He said, every, you have to have a patty melt. And it actually is the number one seller outside of the BLT on their menu mm. that I never would. Both of those I would have never expected, but. We do have a very older crowd down here and a patty mountain BLT and our BLT is not normal. It's fried green tomatoes and an aioli on it, but it's still amazing that those two, but they would neither one of those would have been on the menu. If it wasn't for my parents. <laughs> well, thank you, dad. <laughs> yes, for sure. But, uh, yeah, Matt, uh, thank you again for being on the pod. If you like, uh, please plug yourself so everyone can check it out. So if you get a chance, we're on Facebook at The Saucy Southerner. Um, make sure you find the one that's based out of Southport, North Carolina. And on Instagram, uh, I think it's The underscore Saucy underscore Southerner. Um, but check us out. Check out our webpage at www.saucysouthener.com. Um, You can see more of our menu there. And you can always send us questions and ask us. And if you're in the area in Southport, Oak Island, Wilmington, uh, come check us out. We're just a short drive over, and it's a great little trip. Sounds good. And, guys, all that will be in the description. So, once again, Matt, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for having me, and look forward to listening to more of your shows in the future. Uh, hopefully we can make it to more. <laughs> <laughs> guys, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share with a friend. Subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. If you haven't already check out our Instagram at Cooler Conversations. This podcast is the culmination of cool stories and the coolest people. This is Cooler Conversations. Later. Later.